Hello and welcome to another look, a podcast about anything and everything that we feel deserves another look, love it, hate it, or somewhere in between. Today we are talking about the DC animated movie Superman Red Sun. I am your host, Jeremy McKinley, and I am joined by the co-founder, my elder brother from another mother. Welcome, Riley. Welcome back, sir. It's been a while. Yeah, it definitely has. And uh, glad to be back, man. I, I definitely do enjoy listening to your mini episodes that you've been doing the last couple months. I really enjoy them. The ones that you do that are like six minutes to eight minutes. It's like a, a perfect, beautiful bite size. Yeah, I try and to... So it uh, makes me excited to be here with you right now. Yeah, man, it's uh, because the theaters are closed, you know, uh, a lot of uh, film reviewers are, like, having to, like, be more creative with what they review now, you know what I mean? Like, they're reviewing stuff that comes out on Blu-ray, like the Mortal Kombat movie that just came out, or they're, like, talking about trolls, or they're, like, talking about classic movies because, you know, they got to fill the time with something, so. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, I I couldn't imagine um, doing film stuff for uh, film critic stuff right now. Or almost anything. What's been kind of interesting about watching things progress through the coronavirus is watch everything go through a panic and then watch it settle and then watching a lot of companies and people readjust to what's going on. So, including film reviews. Yeah. So, it's interesting yeah. that films now are trying to experiment with um, setting movies for rent, but I would say it's kind of a pretty high price tag where it's like, oh, you can rent the, the movie in the theater for 20 bucks. Yeah, that's way too much right now, man. Like, I, like I would say for, like, somewhere between 12 and 15, I'd be okay maybe, but not 20, though. Yeah, and, and, I, and I definitely agree with that. I think about 12 or so. And you know what would be interesting if you really wanted the $20 thing? Wouldn't it be interesting if they had rooms online, like a streaming service where you and I, let's say we're strangers, and they're like, we need to get the 20 bucks. And then I paid 10 and you paid 10. And then we both, as strangers, watched Hollow Man online together. Right. Yeah, I know what you mean. Where, like, you can get it up to almost almost like a theater capacity so we can all pay, like, a lesser price, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or a discount. Like, oh, okay, everyone paid 3 bucks or 4 bucks. Um, what I find to be a great model, you know, when there's new TV shows like Breaking Bad or, I mean, I should say Better Call Saul right now, or Westworld on HBO, there's a lot of shows, like, when I was, like, hooked at the moment, like, I'm more than willing to pay the three bucks for the, the premium shows that are just amazing. You yeah. know, it's like watching a movie anyway, and then they only charge you three bucks. Yeah. It's like, seriously, just oh, like, no. I mean, I've actually kind of hopped on to the whole, like, renting, because I, I, w- I would watch stuff for free, but, you know, with what I already have, but, like, every once in a while, I'm like, I want to watch that, and I'll definitely drop, like, you know, like, three bucks to check that out, you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. It is funny sometimes that there are certain ones, if you try to rent on PS4 or Xbox, where a lot of rentals will try to do like five bucks, which even then for older stuff, I think it's kind of weird. I think $3 is the um, the right price point for older stuff, and then you can go a little bit higher for newer stuff. Oh, yeah, for so sure. I'm excited to see what kind of experimenting they do in the future. Yeah, I actually watched Superman Red Sun on Amazon Prime for like six bucks, which you know, which is fine because it was because it's brand new. Yeah, like it just came out. And yeah, that, that makes sense. I, I rented it uh, for like a dollar eighty for a red box. So well, there you the go. That's that it's everywhere. It's pretty awesome. It's cool, cool. Well, let's talk about it, sir. I've uh, I don't want to spoil it for the audience that'll be listening, but uh, there, from what I've heard 
will be uh, some actual conflict. So uh, Superman Red Sun, uh, directed by Sam Liu, uh, based on the graphic novel, or Elseworld DC graphic novel, written by Mark Millar, Dave Johnson. Actually, one of the uh, colorists is a guy named Walden Wong, a guy actually who was my teacher back in the Academy of Art days when I went there for a summer back when I was like in 10th grade. So just kind of a nice... Oh, that's a, did he work on the comic or on the animation? Uh, on the comic. Oh, that's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, this uh, basically the story is, for those who don't know, uh, this is an Elseworld tale. Uh, these are basically like DC's what-if stories. And this what-if story is what if Superman had landed in Soviet Russia. And uh, all the stuff that goes in between. Uh, this comic came out a while ago. Uh, 2002 is when Red Sun came out. 2002 awesome so it came out in 2002 and then the graphic and i think it came out in issues but like the graphic novel itself uh was published or came out as a whole in like two in like 20 2004 but yeah. uh just a little uh behind the scenes before we get into the the animated film russell what are your general thoughts on the graphic novel i love the graphic novel it is one of my favorite superman stories and just superhero stories in general it's definitely a, a very great, like, what-if scenario, and it's one of my pinnacle Superman stories, especially. If I had to rate the comic, i give the comic, like, 10 out of 10. I absolutely adore and love the comic, and I didn't realize how much of the comic had stuck with me throughout the years until I reread it, and how much it meant to me during my informative years as I was becoming a comic fan. Yeah, it's uh, I actually just reread it too, like because I I think I told you I was rereading it, and that kind of got you wanted to reread it. So we kind of ended up rereading it recently together, like separately. So it's kind of good that we kind of got this um, this fresh intake of something that we've already kind of consumed before before we watch this new adaption. But yeah, I also really enjoyed my reread of it. I, I like like I forgot how like incredibly dense it was, but just like it's you know it's themes and. Just how they they still kept Superman Superman, but like, what if he like was just under a different kind of government ideology? But he was still a good person, and, and what kind of Superman would that create? And I thought that uh, Mark Millar did a pretty good job. It was like, like I, I feel like Mark Millar, Mark Millar was what pretty restrained <laughs> when writing this because he's normally like, I mean, I love his run and like you know the first six volumes of like Ultimate X Men, and I love his Ultimates. And I love Kick-Ass, and I love, like, you know, the, the Kingsman stuff, but he can definitely go over the top to a point that gets kind of obnoxious, or obnoxious, but this is definitely, like, in his early days when he had a bit more restraint, and I really appreciated it. Yeah, he, he could definitely do the Sam Raimi thing, which I love, which is a, a bunch of, like, blood splatter and stuff. He can, uh, oh, yeah. So he definitely could have a mark a little over the top, um, which I, I, I personally have to say I'm somewhat of a fan of, but, um, yeah, no great reference points he had there. And a great uh, observation about the a level of restraint. He definitely wrote a different kind of um, story in in this. Yeah. So let's talk about this uh, this uh, this animated uh, thing here. Um, uh, let's. I guess you know what. Let's start off with things that uh, we liked. So uh, Russell, I, I know you have your opinion about this. Uh, what are some things that you liked about this? Definitely the look of it. Everything about the look. The animation is fantastic in this. Um, people have got to remember, animation takes a long time. Oh, yeah. And one thing I've actually really appreciated, along with 
it, it's one thing to have really good animation. It's another thing to also then match up like the perfect voices for um, for animation. And so, as the years have gone on, I've been ever so impressed with just making animation, lining up with the voice actors voices and acting and picking the right people for the right part. So many of us have a distinctive, you know, voice for Superman, voice for Batman, voice for Joker. And sometimes if we hear a different Joker or a different Superman, it doesn't sit right with us. Oh yeah. So in that context, matching up the animation with amazing voice acting is phenomenal. And I think they definitely did really well in this. It the movie looks fantastic. Oh, yeah. The animation, I thought, was really good pretty much all around. I also really enjoyed that really cool Soviet opening they had. Oh, yeah. The opening <clears throat> credits scene? Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. it looked very cool because, like, they don't normally do a lot of opening, like, opening credit, like, intro sequences for these DC movies. So when they did that and they had, like, the like the really cool, like, Russian Superman theme song. Yeah. You know, that, and, like, whoever did that, oh, that was, uh, that was amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. They, they, just, yeah. they definitely have done really great stuff. With this, uh, with this movie. So uh, some of the things that I liked in this movie, I um, like I talked about how Mark Millar was very restrained. I felt like this movie was uh, was very restrained in a good way. There were a lot of moments where they just let emotions just sit on characters and they don't have to like say anything. Like I'm not gonna say who, but there's a character that dies, and Superman just kind of looks at this person for a while, and 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 they just let like let it sit for like a good you know seven to ten seconds. And I feel like in lesser DC films that I've watched, they would not have let that moment sit long. But there are moments where characters just sit and stare, and just you can see the wheels turning in their eyes without them having to say much. And I felt like it stood out for me. Uh, I don't know if, uh, like, uh, you know, Sam Liu, who directed this, has done, you know, at least half of, you know, of these DC animated films. So he is, uh, to say he's a veteran is the understatement of the year. But I got to say, I, I really point this out, but I really enjoyed the direction of uh, the storytelling for this one. That, that's actually something I really agree with. This adaption, which they always say it's really tough to adapting because you're either going to make it longer, make it shorter, and you have to cut out a lot of things. And the one thing that this movie extended on was there was a lot of moments in the comics that were just like a page, maybe a page and a half. And this movie actually gave some length to it. There were some conflicts and battles that Superman had that were a lot longer in the animation than what was shown in the comic. And so with certain character deaths and fight sequences, uh, it definitely had it be a lot more back and forth struggle with Superman burst a given scenario, and it was something I really appreciated, which again, collectively goes with how well the animation was with all of Dovetailing off of what you just said, uh, I really enjoyed uh, how they extended the fight scene between him and Superior Man, because like that fight scene is not very long in the comics. It's like maybe two pages, and this is kind of I guess it's not really a spoiler, but like they do this thing where they kind of have him slowly become Bizarro, and I really like that kind of nod to that. And I thought that, and I, and it was like a really kind of very sad ending for that character, but it felt it felt right for the story. So yeah, definitely. So yeah, I, I'm definitely on you with that on the length of a lot of sequences that they they added to this. So it's interesting. There's a lot of things that they have to cut, and a lot of characters they cut out from your story. And but of the things that they gave us, they they did definitely extend it, which is actually uh, quite nice. Yeah. Uh, anything else, sir? 
I, uh, this is something I both like and kind of don't like. Okay. And it would be the, the Lex Luthor, Lois Lane relationship. Um, they definitely made it in the animated movie where they're more in love with each other, that they have a better relationship. And the, the relationship they had in the comic was definitely not a good one. And they're, like, I love that it was not a good one. That they were together and they stayed together more out of just like they were from a generation back then that you didn't get divorces and such. Um, I like that this one, Lois Lane and Lex Luthor had more admiration for each other. And with certain things of how that eventually ends up going, I wish we would have saw more curation of that. But one thing I did like was that, at least for a good chunk of it, they had a, a pretty decent relationship. Yeah, I really did enjoy that because I always felt like, uh, although I did like the Lois Lane character in the comic, I felt like they gave her more to do in this and uh, more to say. Like, like there's a uh, like there's a great moment where uh, they're talking to um, Black Jimmy Olsen, and he's like, um, "Why do you like? Why are you still with him? Or why do you? Why are you with him? Right? Because he seems to like." forget you like i guess it was a scene where like she, uh she, he had forgotten their anniversary and he was like oh i'll have like some i'll have miss Tessmacher like like pick up your gift this afternoon or something and uh and uh jimmy olsen goes like why are you with that guy and she's like well one he's like a genius and i just i just love that uh three like like two the sex is incredible and like he's gonna change the world so like i i i don't think those lines were ever uttered in the comic no not so, at all and so I don't know if this is a good comparison, but I liked how House of Cards it was in terms of like how like it's just adults that understand what they get out of each other and they're okay with that. And it's not just it's not just a lot of um, people not communicating and then just kind of constructing drama out of that lack of communication. So and uh, there's also a great line I, I love where like they call her Miss Luther and she's like it's it's Lane I'm not an appendage. <laughs> yeah. So so that that's definitely something they added to the adaptation, particularly with certain female characters. They gave them a lot more character depth and more things to do. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, and, uh, and 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 like you said, they have to cut out stuff, but uh, but the stuff that they like left in there, they definitely uh, they definitely fleshed out uh, more, and I appreciate that. Jason Isaacs really grew on me pretty quickly as a uh, as Russian Superman. I thought he was a, uh, I thought they did the Superman character pretty well. They make a bold choice with him and Stalin that did not happen in the comics that I thought was interesting. And uh, they did this whole like like they're actually plot beats that they just kind of add in here to actually for me anyway. I feel like made the made the story a bit more streamlined because in the comic it kind of hops from like decade to decade pretty quickly. So it's um I wouldn't say there's not a lot of time to breathe but like it's hard to like get attached uh to uh an era of the superman in this particular story because they're hopping from like decade to decade like relatively quickly and i feel like they spend a lot of time getting to know his ideology before it kind of changes every or not changes but like we get to see him every 10 years and how he's already progressed and stuff and i feel like it's done uh in my opinion anyway quite well i think the story is paced uh uh, quite well, and uh, yeah, I mean, all around in terms of just story and pacing, I uh, I really enjoyed it. So yeah, no, definitely, I think the pacing was really well, and I definitely agree with you. It, it's really tough because a lot of people talk about there's the best medium for different things, for books, 
for movies, for TV shows, for a lot of things, you know. Sometimes there's a really great movie. I'm like, oh, man, I would love this in a, like, a TV show. Like, I would love to watch, like, a Blade Runner TV show with, like, some money behind it. I would love to see that. Oh, they're doing and that. You know that, right? What's that? Uh, you know they're doing that, right? Oh, exciting. I Fingers crossed that it turns out good. Yeah, so I, I'm looking forward. It's actually going to be uh, an anime actually done by the guy who did Cowboy Bebop, so. Oh, doubly exciting. Yeah. Oh, it's wonderful. So, yeah, I'm very excited to see more of that world. Um, the closest thing I get right now is Westworld, which is actually quite well, uh, quite good as well. Oh, yeah. Definitely with the painting, speaking with an era, I would agree, is uh, they did really well, especially when the, the comic spans so many years. So, oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. So uh, with that, because I feel like I can go on more positive uh, than you can. So let's uh, let's get to some conflict here. What are some things you did not like about this? For me, and th- this is a tough thing, it's uh, there are so many story arcs that really gut-punched me when I was reading the comic that I just kind of felt nothing with the animated thing. And so I think if I had just seen this animated movie by itself before I read the comic, I might have felt differently, and I might have actually enjoyed the animated movie a lot more. So Suzanne Red Sun was one of the first comics I could say I probably fell in love with. And it hit me in a very deep level as I, as a, as a teenager, was maturing with different concepts of what's right and what's wrong. And especially, you know, you know, in that time in history, you're learning about communism and you're learning about capitalism. And there's certain things like communism sounds good on paper, like, oh, we all get the same thing, we're all rich, we're all poor, we're all everything equal. And so there's a lot of context between a lot of characters that they're not able to put in the animated movie, and it just, it tears me up. And I understand this constraint, but it's, it's very much one of those, because I feel so many more things in the comics, that I don't feel in the animated movie, it, uh, it, it vastly changes my biased opinion on it. Huh. Uh, just uh, light spoilers. Uh, what's, uh, what's one thing that they uh, didn't do or didn't do up to your, like, or didn't do up to your standards as it was in the comics? So one of them was, uh, was Wonder Woman and Superman's relationship that played out in the comics. Uh-huh. Is that, you know, here's Wonder Woman who had her own separate ideals from her own utopia, and here's Superman trying to make that in the man's world with, through communism, you know, where he didn't want to be a leader, he was really forced into it. Um, some of the ideas that they pushed about Superman is his feeling of isolation, of being the world's strongest everything, like a savior, and having everyone depend on you. Or people not being so protective because they're like, oh, the savior, this, this Superman will save us. And, you know, her character in the comics falls in love with the ideas of what he was trying to do. And then you find out that she was actually secretly in love with him. And the fact that, you know, he had no interest in romance in the comic, and then that is completely dropped in the... Um, in the animation. Uh, you didn't like the lesbian you know, angle? There's a, a, a very interesting reverse scenario. Usually it's the man who's in the friend zone, and in fact, she was in the friend zone for years. Yeah. Uh, oh, so you told me you didn't like the lesbian angle? I, I was fine with it, 
but I actually just didn't like that Superman tried to, like, he kissed her and tried to make a move on her. And I was like, oh, that's a complete departure. Like, I was fine with her being a lesbian, and maybe she could have been conflicted. Like, I like women, but I'm, I love this guy's ideal, and I kind of love this person. But so there was that point that was lost in the animation. I can see that. It's definitely, um, I will, I will say that it's definitely, uh, of the time that they would make her a lesbian for this movie. And it, I mean, to be fair and, and the way they, the way they crafted in the story, it makes sense. Her being an Island full of nothing but women that she would be a lesbian. So I'm not like, you know, how dare you change, you know, that thing. Cause they were never together in the comics anyway, but I do, uh, I, I, I do understand your like of that kind of weird dynamic where it's the girl being friend zoned and not the guy and that kind of weird relationship that they had. And how it's very much established. Like I did like the whole thing though, where he like was like, "Thank God, I I thought they, I thought you know this whole thing of us being together was just something that had to happen, and I'm happy it doesn't have to happen." So I and so I did like that. But uh, yeah, definitely, I can definitely see what you're saying. I feel like their relationship. It, I feel like for me anyway, uh, like that whole I thing, the whole thing of her loving him and uh, her loving him for his ideals and stuff. Uh, came through to me uh, quite well. I actually, uh, they gave her a moment at the end that I liked a lot that wasn't in the comic uh, where she kind of like stop or stops uh, stops the fight between him and those Green Lantern Corps. And I thought, and 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 just and like just to kind of run home like how how much of, how much little choice he think he has in terms of what he's doing. So uh, I I definitely really enjoyed that and and it gave her I gave her a moment to like kind of end with some dignity because I feel like she kind of ended kind of in like kind of a sad uh, shriveled state by the end of the book and so I I kind of like that she was given uh, a stronger a stronger bit of closure between her relationship between her and uh, Superman so and that that's, that's actually kind of interesting because it's a lot of the sadness that a lot of characters felt in the comic that I really liked that is not in the animation. And so that's a lot of where my bias leans towards. Because um, not only is it with that, with Superman and Wonder Woman, it's the same way that, that same way with Lois and Lex Luthor. There's a complete disconnect. Um, but the animated movie did fairly well at showing uh, Lex Luthor kind of being an egotistical genius where he kind of feels like he's better than everyone else. But everyone just kind of goes along with it. And they kind of, they go along with it in the comics, but they really ramp it up in the comics just how much of an a-hole Lex Luthor is to other scientists, to other government leaders, and again, even to Lois, you know, like they mention more how they haven't seen each other in months, they don't, they don't spend any time with each other, uh, that Lois is really just second rate. And there's a perception of just as much as how everyone loves Superman, there's a lot of people that admire Lex Luthor. And so when, um, you know, when, when Lois kind of mentions some bad things about him, no one will hear it. They're like, oh, you can't say that about Lex. He's wonderful. Right. And so there, there's, a, there's a big sadness in Lois and Lex's relationship, particularly felt one, you know, through Lois versus through Lex, because he was in his own world, always trying to take down Superman for years. So he was fully distracted. And um, there was a sadness that she felt and the sadness that Wonder Woman felt, uh, like I said, that I feel is absent from the animated movie that uh, really struck a chord with me 
growing up and again when I was rereading it. Well, you definitely, uh, as long as I've known you, you've had a bias for the beautifully depressing. So I understand that uh, that removing uh, a lot or a lot of that status would definitely uh, take away from uh, what gave you so much uh, connection with the original story. Uh, me being a more positive guy, I I I, I like. I like those I like those changes. Not saying that I would want those changes for the comic. I like I, I like them the way they are in the comic, but at the same time I liked that this was uh not just a shot for shot, you know, like animation of the comic, you know what I mean? Like they did other things. They made, you know, choices here and there. There's a whole thing with uh I guess it's uh, what do they call that? Uh, that prison uh, that they have out in the middle of like the of like Siberia or whatever. You know what I'm talking about where they like have all, had all those people out there, and like that whole scene wasn't in the comics at all. Where like they're where yeah, Lo- one in Siberia. I'm trying to remember that sequence. Yeah, like you know when the, like you know are when you, Lo- are you talking about the, the, the underground bunker thing? Yeah, like you know where where Lois was like you know uh she was like oh yeah uh you guys keep people in these like bunkers like your your people you enslave them and keep them in poverty and imprison them and he's just like that's not happening she's like do you really she's like do you think you really know everything about your own country and he looks at the thing and then looks for it and finds it and it's like holy shit i gotta make some changes and that whole scene or like 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 that whole little plot point like the whole catalyst for what leads to what happens with Stalin uh, wasn't in the comics because I because in the comics like Stalin just dies right like of like a heart attack or something yeah, like, he, like he, he he's introduced and I believe he's shot so he yet he ends up getting assassinated and then there's a sequence in which Superman ends up reading a bunch of books trying to like figure out how to stop the bleeding and how to pull up the bullet and like try to learn a whole bunch of doctor stuff really yeah. quickly yeah it was unsuccessful yeah. in being able to save his life. Right, yeah, I remember that. And so it, it was during like the Superman celebration day. Superman is continuously helping out people, particularly in the, the Russian region of the world. He's like constantly distracted by like continuously saving people. Um, he never wanted to be a political figure. He was just continuously saving people. And one of the times when he was actually talking to one of Stalin's illegitimate children many miles away, is the, the same time in which Stalin, he heard a gunshot, tried to save Stalin, and he got there too late, and then was trying to, um, you know, try to see what he could do to stop the bullet from bleeding. Right. Yeah. I it, and uh, and the version and, and and the animated version, they definitely make it more. Superman just kind of takes the wheel in terms of what he's going to do, and. Again, I gotta say that choice for me works because I feel like I'm I feel like I'm watching another version of the same story, but it's but uh, it gives Superman some agency instead of just kind of like that stuff happening to him, and he kind of just has to wear the crown. I feel like he chooses it in this particular one, and therefore it makes the whole thing being his fault at the end uh, feel more owned for me. It feels very like uh, in the comic, very much like the Godfather where, you know, the, you know where, the, where the son tries to, you know, get out of the life only for it to kind of slowly drag him back in. And it, and it kind of feels like Superman's just, Superman's just trying to be a person, like a man of the people and a man of just trying to save people. And then uh, when, you know, when Stalin dies in the, uh, in the comic, he's like, well, I guess I have to like put on the crown now and be this, you know, and be this guy. And, you know, the whole, I guess, like, I guess, as opposed to, you know what, I'm going to f- just make a change. And I, and I don't, I, 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 the thing is, I like both those options equally. And I like the, 
they went with a different one for the um, for the animated thing. So I'm not just again, like I said before, just watching a shot for shot uh, translation of the comic, which I can just read, which I already have. So, but yeah, you know. Yeah, and and I and I see your point there, but for me, it's it is sad because I I do think sometimes like you know a zebra can't change its stripes and. You know, a lion is a lion. And so sometimes, like, greatness is thrust upon people even if they don't want it. Oh, yeah. Sometimes when you try to back away from something, it's incredibly hard to do. And that, like, that includes that sadness. You know, in the comics, there's a sadness for Wonder Woman. There's a sadness for Lois Wayne. And there's a sadness for Superman, who does not want to be a political figure. He's forced into it. And then even as a political figure, he really tries to back away from his will being imposed on people, even though people look to him like a god figure. Right. And I, I can agree with you on the, the sense of being a fan. It's really neat to see two different versions play out and see him take the reins versus him being thrust upon it. Um, knowing that there's going to be so many people who have not read the comic and probably will not read the comic, it's interesting because I don't. For me, it's like I would rather the audience get the same feeling of emotion that I had had, you know, like where they see the joys, the triumphs, and the pain that he has felt. And so, when it's lacking the in the animation, I think it's for people who are brand new to it. If they were to go read the comics, they're like, "Oh wow, this is a lot more sadder, deeper, depressing than what the animated was." Right. And they may be like, "Oh, I like the animated more," versus, like I said, I. You know, I do love those sad, depressing stories of people being forced in one direction or another, life not working out exactly as we want it to. And a lot of that is missed for people who just see the animated stuff. I, can so see I don't that. think they'll I don't I don't think I don't think most of the animation stuff hits the gut punches as deeply as the comics. And that's what I think a lot of the audience is gonna be missing. It's like, oh no, it goes so much deeper than this. Um an illustration of this is actually a really good moment in Men in Black 2, in which Jay's character was talking about how he met this alien princess when he was younger, and, like, he, he had this brainwash, and so they're showing, like, all these cheesy videos and stuff that, like, jog his memory. And there's one moment where it shows, like, the, the Men in Black, it shows a video of him trying to get his memory back, and it shows a video of people doing a, a cheesy enactment. Yeah. And he's watching his life of what happened to him like 20 years ago. And then he pauses and he gets serious. He's like, no, it was dark. And it was raining. And man. it was raining. Yeah. And though, and like that moment when he says that, as he's like, that was the connection of him regaining his memory and being like, okay, this thing is cheesy. But then he's like, wait a minute. It was so much deeper than what's showing me right now. That is what the comic was for me versus the the adaption in the uh, in the animated thing. And that's what I feel a little sad for anybody who's just going to watch the animated stuff and maybe not go to the comics, is they're not going to feel the deep gut punches, I guess I would say. You know, I... so when I think of the animated movie, the animated movie doesn't really have almost any of those for me. I don't feel the sympathy for Superman, Lois, Lex Luthor... Wonder Woman at all in the animated stuff versus what I felt many times in the comics. Interesting. So I, I wouldn't, I, I don't say I feel the sympathy for uh, 
Lois and Lex Luthor, but to be fair, they were, their kind of marriage kind of ends in kind of a positive way, and definitely not like the comic. Um, also, uh, I think the Wonder Woman stuff hits uh, hits hits emotionally for me, and uh, the moment with uh, the Russian version of Lana hits uh, really hit for me. I thought that was a really powerful moment. Like I said before, with uh, the direction of having characters just kind of sit there and feel like a. Uh, you know, the impact of what's just happened. I feel like that uh, that hit pretty well. Especially, I didn't see it coming because it didn't happen in the comics. So I was like, oh, because in the comics, right, right. because in the comics, she, like, lives throughout most of it. Yeah, so, she lives there. I think she survived all of it, yeah. And, and so to, like, not, and so to have her, like, be in those, like, be, be like in those Russian encampments because she knows him, I, I, you know, and then have her die because of it, like, that being the catalyst for what he, for what he does. Uh, I, 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 I really dig it. I really dig it, especially when, you know, she, she dies and he just kind of sits there and the camera, or not the camera, but the shot itself just kind of lingers on his face for, for like seconds, like seconds just go by as you just see him, as you see him becoming the Superman he's going to be, where he's going to go to Stalin and, uh, take the wheel, so to speak, <laughs> and, uh, take the world yeah, in a different you know, direction. That, that, that's a, that's actually a good moment. You're right. It wasn't in the comics. And that is a um, a good moment to bring up. So, you know, bring up that point. That actually is a, a good moment to reference uh, a, a, a strong feeling moment. Um, and which is something you and I have discussed many times before that I feel sometimes a lot of TV shows, or particularly movies, are lacking nowadays, is those long, heartfelt moments. You know, um, I remember in a, a sitcom I really enjoyed for a long time, Community, in the second season, there's an episode in which a character named Troy finds out that he's actually 21 instead of 20, and then they can go out drinking for his birthday. Right. And he realizes that everyone else around him that can already drink kind of drinks too much, and then, like, he has to become the adult taking care of them. Yeah. And I remember, like, so many fans gave backlash. They're like, that was a really sad, depressing episode. And I was like, you know, that's life, though. Life is both beautiful and sad and tragic. And, you know, I feel like a lot of movies and TV shows are missing those moments. They, skip, they, they show them for like two seconds instead of ten seconds. So the, the, the scene that you're describing, I, I think you're right. That's actually, that is a very strong moment. I had uh, my own disattachments to it because it was so different versus the comics. But you're right. That is actually one good one that audiences will definitely connect with. What were your thoughts on how they handled Russian Batman? I, uh, so... I, I'll be honest with it. I was perfectly fine with it and the direction they were going with it, but I don't think he would do one thing entirely different and then go back to the original plan at the end. I'm like, okay, if you're going to go a different direction, then I think you've got to be willing to do that same direction both ways. So if you have a character that's willing to go darker, I think everything involving his plan has to be dark. I don't think you can do a little catch and talk. Like, okay, I'm going to do this different, but I'm going to stick to the script on this moment. So I was fine with the direction they gave him, especially since we didn't get further backstory like they gave us in the comics. And so when it's just like they had to show him, snap up, get into the action, um, I was surprised. Like I said, it was almost like they're kind of had to take me to two a little bit. I, just, I didn't understand the logic of this character's interpretation of why he was willing to do one thing but not another. Right. So I I was like, okay, like that's like swimming the shore, getting 90 percent there and then turning around. I'm like, okay, that 
like you pulled the trigger, like you, you just got to go for it. Yeah, you know, I, I, I definitely uh, agree with you on the thing that I feel like what you wanted was for this story animation-wise to go full Watchmen, and it didn't. <laughs> and there are definitely some moments where I do feel like it it uh, it could have and should have gone full Watchmen, and it uh, had to pull back because it's, uh, it's still PG-13, it's still a DC animated thing, and they can go dark, but they're not going to end something super hopeless, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah, and, and maybe I would have appreciated and liked the animated movie better had they, like I said, hit more of those gut-wrenching moments that got me in the comics. You know, like you said, you, they gave us a new one with the Lana Lane situation, but a lot of the other ones, I would say, are left out. Oh, yeah. Um, I actually will agree with you on this one. Uh, I'm not sure if I wanted it to be in the I'm not sure how they would do it in the animated movie, uh, given the uh, the allotment of time they have to make it. But I did love that really dark uh, origin story for Hal Jordan. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. That was, that was a, a missed opportunity that, I, that like, was beautiful in the comics. I don't know how they can do that story in the animated thing without, like, taking the story off course for a minute. You know what I mean? Because, like, the movie would have to just literally stop to, like, show you, like, that backstory. And it would, and I feel like it would kill the pacing to just stop and do that. But I feel like having him, like, be, like, super PTSD, like, like you know, from, you know, from being a POW would have uh, would have made his character more interesting than he was in the animated series or in the animated version, which uh, you know I, I watched. I'm like, yeah, that's Hal Jordan, but I feel like I liked the whole like him being like this crazy John McCain like POW survivor that just survived on sheer willpower and stuff. And I and which again I love that nod to how he, how they translate to his willpower by how he survived. I thought that was pretty cool in the comics more. And yeah. uh, I, I will say I actually did like the fight between Superman and the Green Lanterns, and I actually liked that. It was was quite even versus being very one-sided in the comics. Oh yeah, it lasts like um, it lasts like a page in the comics. I, yeah, and and for me, I I would love if the animated movie would have made it scarier or it felt more tension, like of just like more terrifying for Superman realizing that he's going to lose this fight, and then have it be equally terrifying when he wins the fight. I mean, there's there's a dark angle they could have taken the movie that would have been interesting that they. You know, they did in the comic, but it wasn't that dark. There's a moment where he takes a lot of Green Lantern's rings, and, like, they could have gone a different direction with how that played out. But, yeah, that fight scene was great. And the interruption of another character, the moment the character was representing, I thought was good. But during that fight, I thought was kind of messed up. I, I just thought the timing of it was really kind of weird. I will agree the timing is a bit weird. It was definitely given more credence than what happened in the comic, where she just kind of shows up and he just kind of plows through them and keeps going. So, right, it, right. So I definitely like that she was given more, like she was given like a significant thing to be like, you know what, you've gone too far and bye. And like even the point where he tries to punch her and she just catches that shit and just like nah, no. And then she takes the I, heart. I, I, I guess in that sequence, what I would have liked is um, him to have a very tough battle with the the, the Green Lantern first, and then that gets resolved. It's like playing back and forth. But I actually like how it ended in the comics where it's like, like the people that were holding the rings were actually starting to get scared of him. Like they're just like losing the concentration. And then Superman being a little cocky, he's like, I'm faster than the speed of thought. Um, I would have loved that the animated would have kind of ended on that note for that fight. And then the Wonder Woman stuff would have been happening right after where they fight a little bit and she's just beating him. And then she's just like, I'm just going to let you be and just let me know our friendship's over. Yeah, something like that for sure. I definitely... As funny as like, what people would like, oh, cock-blocking, whatever. 
I feel like she just completely ruined this fight in which, at least in the animated one, the, the Green Lanterns were winning. Yeah, they're definitely putting up a better fight than they were in the comics, for sure. And it was definitely more visually interesting to watch than it was what's reading it in the comics. Is there anything else you want to talk about, sir? I, I feel like we've covered a lot of bases here. Uh, the, the, the last thing I'll say is I also liked how things ended with Bizarro in the comics a lot better. Actually, I'll bring up two moments, but I liked the, the, the Bizarro in the comics a lot better, where he was more disfigured. And his character had, like, a level of sacrifice in the comic. That was quite interesting. And then Bizarro's connection to Lex Luthor in the comic I found a lot more interesting, uh, particularly when it relates to Lex Luthor's ego in the comic. And then the last moment I'll also bring up, and this was a gut punch because I thought it played out so beautifully in the comic that was did had no impact for me on the, the animated one, was the um, why don't you put the whole world in a bottle message that was presented in the comic versus what they did in the animated movie. Are you talking about in terms of like not having it be on a note, but having Lois Lane say you didn't like that change? Yeah, I didn't like that change in sequence of how it played out. Like giving um, Lana or giving Lois more time to talk and do stuff and react to it, I think is great and stretching out that moment longer. But if the the sitting in the bottle versus, like, the note and everything. I thought the note had a lot more impact. Yeah, well, yeah, and it also makes it more of, a like, a gut punch from Luther himself and not just from her, right? That's where the real rivalry was, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, I could see that. I, I could definitely agree with that. However, I will say I disagree with you on the gut punch of the Bizarro. I actually liked... I like the whole thing of like him being him looking like more like a like a like a normal person, and then through like Luthor's stuff, like slowly got more and more like roided up and became dumber, and you know, and began talking more like Bizarro. I like well, it, it, was kind of, it, it was kind of like Bizarro mixed with Bane. Um, it was like the Bane serum kind of stuff. That's what it really felt like they channeled with this uh, interpretation of Bizarro. Was that he was normal, had some level of strength, and as he got stronger, it messed with his body too much, too quickly, and that's when he became that kind of bizarre. Um, but again, the bizarre in the comic also ended up saving many lives. So that was um, and a sequence in the current events that I thought just played out better. Uh, here's the thing. I like that moment. The problem is, is that his fight with that Bizarro was just so quick, it didn't have time to resonate with. It's very much like, fight, right. fight, fight, freeze, I'm gonna go save the day. And I kind of liked right. the whole right. And I kind of liked how, like, you know, dude comes in and Superman and, and starts trying to fight Superman's just like, there are people here, what the fuck? And they kind of take the fight out, and as he's kind of losing, he kind of starts morphing into this more warped version, and Superman's kind of worried for him, like, are you okay? No. And it does go, what I would like to say, full Watchmen, where he's just, where they're just like, his body can't take it, and Luther's like, I know, do it. And so Luther does go uh, pretty dark there. And, and that was actually one of the few moments in which Lois witnessed that darker side of Luther. The other stuff, it felt like she really just kind of generally accepted that's the way he was. I was really happy that Lois got to see that darker side of him. And that's where I would have loved their relationship from then on to take a further dip as time went on, uh, more deterioration. Yeah. But again, I think limited time didn't get much for that to, to play out that way. Yeah, if their relationship was going to fall apart, that would definitely be the starting point. I would definitely agree on that. Uh, there are, uh, those characters having a kind of happy ending, I did enjoy though. Uh, uh, now, me being a little negative, I have two 
things that I hate about this. And they're just, they're, they're tiny moments where I was having a great time throughout. And in these two moments, I was like, for real, DC? Now, do you know what those moments are? Yeah, really, uh, I have to think about it, but go for it. So the first one is when they reveal Superior Man, right, to like the uh, like to the public, and he's like all wrapped in chains and stuff, and they like you know he breaks the chains, they have the people shoot at him, he's like you know bulletproof, they use flamethrowers just to show how he's he's fireproof, and then he says America first, and I was like, oh shit, <laughs> guys. Yeah, you know, that that didn't bother me. That didn't it, that didn't get to me. I was just like, yeah. Well, well, it felt like such a dig, and I would have been like, and at first I would have been like, uh, but then no, like right after. Know, if, if I think about it, it actually did feel like a Trump dig or something. It, it was, it, it, it was such a Trump dig that like I was like, could you dial the subtlety up at least to a two, please? Because that was just there was no subtlety. You know, you know, what, you know, you know what's funny is now that you bring it up, I do remember that part, and I do remember rolling my eyes, <laughs> and that part was quite dumb and annoying, and a really weird dig that. Um. I think because of my overall general disappointment of the movie, it didn't get to me as much as uh, it got to you. Well, yeah, because I felt like it was the contract of me enjoying it, and then it was like, okay, really? It it, it felt it it felt it everything else felt good for me, so like that did just felt so lazy. Left field and everything, yeah, exactly. It, it's lazy. That that's a really good way to put it. It's lazy. And then it was immediately followed up with like, I mean, there, there's, so, there's so many ways he could have demonstrated a feeling of patriotism or America first. Even like like when he was fighting Superman, he just kept talking about America, like I'm American, like I'm strong, like an American. Well, well, like I would have wanted him to, I would, I would have wanted him to say something, like something patriotic for that time. You know what I mean? Because like. Right, exactly. Well, it was like when I hear America first, that sounds so now, and I'm like, but this takes, but that scene was like in like the '60s or something or '70s. I mean, that's not like that wasn't a mon, like that wasn't a mantra yet. You know what I mean? And so well, yeah, it could have been something. Yeah, it could have been like the the, the truth, justice, and the American way. And just like a big bold step, as he says, the American way or something. But yeah, yeah it, uh, so, something. Um, yeah, you're right. That, that was a really weird modern day gig in a time period that didn't go, that didn't fit well. Absolutely. Now the two punch to that one two punch was uh it it immediately goes to like Superman going to like I don't know if he's going to Germany to, or something but he like takes down the Berlin Wall or something and it's oh, like that part was really annoying and and, and, like, and he really? like and he takes uh, like, like they literally so what had happened is they literally put up the Berlin Wall and he literally just destroyed it right after they put it up and as soon as I like heard the thing about the wall I'm like. I was like, you're losing me, guys. This was so good the entire way through. This this bullshit needs to stop. This is the subtlety in this is at like a negative twelve. <laughs> Please. Well, the other, <laughs> the other weird thing too about this interpretation of Superman, it feels like he conquered most of the rest of the world and decided for no reason to just leave the United States alone. That was the impression I'd gotten that him and Brainiac and some others just kind of strong armed many other countries. And he was just like, but we're going to let America make its own, like, falling or failings inside. Well, to be fair, there weren't really wars in America for him to kind of come in and stop. You know what I mean? Like, he was like, that whole thing with Korea. Right. Like, the thing with Korea, he came in to, like, stop shooting. So that kind of at least felt like he had some kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, um, I wouldn't even say, like, a war, but you know what I mean? Like, well, like some kind of excuse to go in there to, you know, impose his quote-unquote will to make the world a safer place. But, right, right. But, uh, but... but and so I understand that, and like you know, he's always he's in there stopping wars or whatever. Like, oh, the war ended in like you know five minutes or whatever, and he came in. 
but, but again, in America, it was... Yeah, another, another funny, goofy point is, I'm surprised Superman never just flew up to the, like, the United States president of any era and be like, hey, you guys just leave me alone or something, but... <laughs> Yeah, but definitely, but let's be real. That's not gonna happen. So, <laughs> right. and also, if you're if you're bulletproof and the strongest man alive, there's not too many people you'd ever be afraid of. So, no, but you know, at, at some point in time, you're gonna bring out Red Sun or Kryptonite or something, and be like, "All right, we finally got an option. Let's use it." But uh, yeah, uh, that uh, that Berlin Wall moment and the America First were like the two things that I was like, "That is cringe to like the extreme." Yeah, you know. Um... <laughs> Yeah, definitely the Berlin Wall and definitely the America First. Uh, I had kind of forgot about the America First line, but I do remember, now that you describe it, I was total eye roll as that moment came up and the Berlin Wall. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. this Superman definitely took some action and put himself in the front line for sure. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, yeah, in terms of everything I have to say, I pretty much said it. Do you have anything else to say, sir? No, that's it. All right, cool, cool. Well, with that, give me your rating, sir. So for me, it, it's really hard to rate this. It's really hard for me to pinpoint, you know, because thinking about it, discussing it, and if you're not familiar with the comic, I think it's fine. Um, it's not one of the movies that I would, like, go out of my way to suggest to people. Usually when it's come to the DC animated stuff, the last, like, five or six years, I've always liked, like, one out of every three or one out of every four. And I and I also went in with really high expectations and hopes for this movie, so there's also another bias layer on that. Um, and it's also funny because my wife Alexis, she doesn't like watching many animated things, but some of the ones I love, she also loves one on her own. And uh, I just remember that as an outside observer, she did not care for this one either. So I don't think it's terrible. It's technically good with everything else. I it, it just it has so many other things in the comics that goes deeper for me. So I don't think it would be fair to put it at like a 6, 6.5. But, you know, I think on its own, it would be, for me, like a low 7. Oh, that's generous. <laughs> that's generous yeah, for you. I mean, honestly, I go into it, if I go full bias, I would go like a 6. Like, if, oh, it's not that bad or anything else. Go with the, the other thing is, the DC animated movies, they need more decent, good animated movies that are not, that are not Batman-related. They need good ones with Superman, with Wonder Woman, with Green Lantern. And so I'm definitely happy that they're making more Green Lantern, more Wonder Woman, more Superman. Not nearly as much as Batman-related, but, you know, they're, they're experimenting and they're doing more. And, you know... Even with my low seven and calling that generous, which, you know, it, it could be on my own bias, a lot of people really like this Red Sun. I mean, I think it's got like a 96 from like the critic review and most of the fan review. I think the fan reviews are like an 80% or something. So a lot of people collectively really liked it. And in fact, my buddy Byron, who you know, um, also really enjoyed the movie. Oh, really? He doesn't even like Superman very much. He's a Batman fan, so <laughs> that's interesting to yeah, hear. he's definitely a big Batman guy, but he really liked the, the Superman Red Sun, so. I would say definitely go with the six, sir. I want you to be honest about it. I don't want you to, like, wear, wear kid gloves with it. If, you know, if if it's a six to you, it's a six to you. Well, I mean, again, for me to, for me to say it's a six, I would have to view it as really terrible. And I don't. Okay. I just, you know, if, if I'm really honest with my feelings, I, I, like, I thought I was going to go in with a six. But I thought, you know what, even though this isn't one I'm going to watch again or recommend to people, 
if there's other people that are not familiar with the comic, I think they're going to have a better time with it. I think they're going to enjoy it and like the idea of a Red Sun Superman. And that's still better than no Red Sun Superman. If I, if, I, if I were to go full bias mode, I'd be like, no, I'll go six because... But that's only me complaining because I have such an affinity for the comic versus whatever else they're going to end up doing with it. So I, I'm comfortable below seven. Okay. Again, it's not one I would recommend. All righty, sir. Well, uh, for me, I'm going to give this a uh, a mid eight to a low nine, so like an 8.75, give or take. I'm, I'm going to give it. Got to ding it for those uh, those two cringy things for sure. That was just everything else felt like was handled with like subtlety and and they were trying like whether or not you like those choices like like you can like like you can at least tell that they like they felt like thoughtful choices that they wanted to take other than that enjoyed uh enjoyed pretty much every other minute of it man loved the music loved that uh that great opening for sure uh there's a moment at the end that I thought would have been more perfect had they left it a certain way so you know at the end when Luther is giving that speech where he's giving uh his power away to let like Jimmy Olsen be president or something Yes, yes. And and like Lois Lane like looks in the crowd and sees Clark for a second and then she blinks and he's not there anymore. Yeah, like ending it around there. Like 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 not, like not like not seeing him walk out of the crowd, just seeing him like in that quick blink would have been perfect, right? Right. Like uh, that feels very. Yeah, super- I do remember feeling like they lingered on a little bit longer than they should have. I was like, oh, that was unnecessary. Because like just see like just seeing a glimpse of him and him not being there felt perfect. It feels very much like that great moment in um, Dark Knight Returns. When uh, you know Bruce fakes his death, and then like Clark hears that one heartbeat. He hears heartbeat, yeah. And he just kind of like looks over. Like, oh, and, early. Yep. and he like looks over and sees like like Carrie Kelly as that Robin, and just gives her a wink. Like that's the Superman that I love. You know what I mean? Where he's just yeah, exactly. where, where he's just very subtle, but not ever trying to like put himself in the spotlight. So, but yes, I'm gonna give this an 8.75. Uh, you have given it a low seven, sir. So not nearly a, not nearly as far apart as uh, I thought our scores would be. Uh, given that you said you didn't like well, it. but still plenty of conflict. Like I said, there's still just so many things I preferred so much more in the comics, you know? Oh, yeah. If people were to tell me, like, oh, Red Sun, this and that, I would always say, hey, man, this is one I say go to the comics. It's just like if there's any real big fans of, like, the Walking Dead TV series, I'd be like, oh, man, read the comics. You know, that would be my same kind of intake. You know, because... The Walking Dead TV show is fine on its own, but it's like, oh, there are so many deeper, beautifully tragic things in the comic that you are completely unaware, you know? And that's what I feel the comic is versus this. So it's not, again, on its own, technically not really all that bad. It's just there's some deeper stuff that are missing, in my opinion. So it depends on what you're looking for in your entertainment. Yeah, uh, you know, I would say uh, if we were to use this uh, this animated movie as a silver lining, uh, hopefully it'll lead people to read the comic because a lot of people will go, I mean, you know, we're in a quarantine right now, so people got time to read. And, and you know how they always say, uh, it's probably better to, re- it's, actually probably, it's actually better to actually watch the movie first, then read the book because the book will probably be uh, a step up and therefore you'll be like going up as opposed to reading the book and loving that and then watching, watching the, the film and it being a step down because obviously, you know, books and uh, uh, the story and terms of its original medium that it was told in is generally always better because that's what the medium is you know was meant for so uh but yeah i would definitely say uh hopefully this leads people to go read it and then they can get the same experience that that you had that uh, you and i both had as we both love the original as well but uh, i will uh, end it here uh, thank you for joining us 
uh, at another look, you can uh, tweet at us at another look. That is with three O's. You can message us on Facebook at another look. And you can listen to our podcast at another look on Podbean. Until next time, I am Jeremy McKinley. I'm Russell Drone. And thank you for joining us.